are we on yeah we're going this is it oh. this is the big time yeah frank first of all um was a little nerved nervous to be thrown right in the fray like this but i'll tell you i was late i want to apologize 17 minutes late starting this podcast uh i took a co-worker's badge it was around my neck she sits right next to me at my desk and normally you're like oh i'll just give it to you to, to her tomorrow but honestly in the culture that we're in now and i have a really good comparison because i saw it from year one we're in year three now the security meeting year one people are goofing around texting each other under the table hey what are we going to do after this i can't wait to get out of here it's not like that anymore frank and i wonder if that's like found all around the country uh you know when somebody starts talking about an active shooter situation and not to hold the door for anybody and not to you know even if it's like I work with Frank for 20 years. You, I can't hold the door for you because I don't know if you've been fired that morning and now you're coming back to exact your revenge. And it's so interesting that I would drive back to work because I know how important it is for the building to be secure. Well, I have to go back for a second. I've been holding this in the entire time so I don't get yelled at for interrupting. <laughs> uh, why did you have her badge around your neck? Uh, well, she and I sit next together, uh, sit, sit next to each other, and just, you still, know. You, still, still nothing? <laughs> Doesn't make it okay? I, well, I didn't look. You don't always look at the picture. You know, if you oh, and okay. I had so you accident, you accidentally grabbed it. It wasn't some kind of uh, giggle fest. Yes, I'm not trying to pass for a white woman. No, no, no. I literally, trust me, when you get home and you park in your, your driveway and then you realize you have to go back to work, you, there's no practical joke that's worth that. I, I literally just well, went no, back. I, I did not think that it was a situation where you were playing a prank. I, I immediately went to, hey, we're just goofing around at the office kind of a thing, or maybe on air or something like that, and you forgot, or you were just a weirdo. Yeah, well, both. I mean, I think it's established that I'm a weirdo. But, yeah, it's just like, I do you – do you think about uh, like active shooters when you go to a concert or a football game? Do you look for your exits now when you're in certain places? Before I go, maybe, and I think about a little, and then I just have to get rid of it. You have right. to get rid of those thoughts because there's just the truth is there. Are all I I, I want to take active shooters out of it because that I don't I don't even know is that a new phenomenon? I guess. It might have always been around and we didn't hear it as much. I, I'm not sure. I don't have the stats in front of me. Um, but in terms of just anything could happen at any time. We, we, we know too much now. There's it, That's one of thousands and thousands of things that could happen to you. you who knows? Who would, I didn't even think about that. All the things. Yesterday, I saw a car. I was um, walking the dog and I just saw a car blow through a stop sign and there was no one there but uh, she blew through it at 40 so it's just like what do you you know if there's somebody in the you know you're worried about an active shooter and in a quiet suburban neighborhood uh, a, a girl blows a stop sign at a wine bar and that's just it that's all she wrote you're exactly right there's a million things that could happen which i don't know if that's more comforting or less it's probably less and there are so many crazy people out there who knows? Somebody could just drive into you at any second. I remember watching that Jim Carrey Showtime special uh, where he talks about uh, being on the verge of wanting to kill himself years. And this is probably a 90s special right after he started living color, the very colorful shirt 
Um, he talks about being on living in color and then uh, saying that like he has a pass and he points to his back because I'm black owned. Do you remember that? that oh, moment? yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So but he talks about just you're always on the verge of uh, just one act, acting on a thought away from it all going away. And who knows nowadays people with social media becoming depressed. Those are that's what they say. I don't know. It's I, anything can happen at any time. There's just so many different things that could be scary that you can't think about them. Otherwise, you never will leave your house. Then you think about other things. That could, yeah, the things that could go wrong in your house. That just as much. This is crazy. Yeah, my ex girlfriend. She told me that when she was a young girl, her next door neighbor choked on a marshmallow. <laughs> Isn't that right? Ra- it's like I you don't want to laugh. I mean, it's, it's... so you, you're laughing because it's random as hell. You would think that would dissolve, or you could poke at it and pull it out. She, the person died. I'm sorry for that yeah. because it's. I'm, no, it's just like I remember when I first moved to Miami. Like I literally, for the first time ever, turned the television on. You know when you first get your cable put in, and the local news is on. I'll never forget. This has got to be, geez, oh god, I'm old. 16, 17 years ago. And the first story I ever saw on TV is some guy down in Miami, in South Florida, on his honeymoon. He and his wife were. Uh, I always mix up jet skiing and water Water skiing is when you're being towed behind the boat. They were water skiing. A seagull crossed their path, hit him in the head, and killed him. What the? What? You're in Miami. You got this young, hot bride. You're all you're jet skiing. All your dreams. You probably worked out, so you got a nice little not a six pack, but like the remnants of what may be a six pack one day. And you're in Miami. Sun's on you, and then a a a bird with no teeth kills you. (laughs) Bird with no teeth. Which would be almost uh, a, all birds. A, a gummy bird. <laughs> there we gummy go. Gummy bird. I, I shouldn't go from that tragic to, to there. Well, we do have uh, uh, Ronnie Chang coming up on the show. This was a an interview that I hadn't really planned on. Uh, got a hold of him. And he was uh, part of uh, the movie Crazy Rich Asians. He's a correspondent on The Daily Show. Found out yeah, but what there. else does he have going except for that, Frank? Yeah, I mean, nothing. You know, there. come on. Top, yeah, go pick through the few credits he has. Go ahead. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting stuff. Uh, I just wanted to give a little uh, tease for that right now because he, he, he got into international comedy because he, he came up uh, in uh, Australia and doing all the festivals. Have you ever done any of that stuff? Uh, I've done stand up in Australia. I, I haven't done the festival. I was supposed to do the Australian Fest the comedy festival, and it it uh, it ended. Okay. Like I filled my paperwork out and it ended. So I haven't done any festival. I've done a lot of stand up in Australia. Yeah, the, their paperwork is just incredibly long. It's Have you so tried to do the paperwork to go no. to London? It's no, a mess. I don't do it. I don't do it. So I could, uh, if they don't want me there, if they want that much paperwork, I don't need to go. But he goes through all that. I was very interested in that um, because I didn't know any of it. I've never felt I would be good overseas because so much of my stuff is American pop culture, which I'm trying to change and uh, become a little more versatile and diverse. But that's just been what my career has been so far in terms of the impressions, mostly impressions people know in the United States and maybe a little bit in Canada. Even in Canada, I get weirded out by it sometimes. But that's the kind of stuff we get into. It was He thought it wasn't interesting at times, and I was like, no, this is... We get more um, messages from people, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or whatever, that they love it when we delve into stand-up comedy a little bit and give them the inside scoop. And I was getting inside scoop from a comic who's had a very different life than me in terms of the comedy stuff. So... 
uh, I really, I really got into it. And he had just he's just such a diverse guy from uh, growing up uh, in in a different country than where he went to college, and then performing and coming to the United States. Which we'll, we'll get to all that. But I just want to throw that out there for uh, that's what the uh, last part of the show is going to be. And um, uh, sorry about that. So let's uh, just get back in. Was there anything big that you want to talk about this week? I know last week you were talking about some newsfeed stuff that you wanted to get into. And uh, that's when the Jeff Dye interview. All these interviews keep popping up. It's just like, holy cow. And then uh, I'm like, you, you know, can't pass this up. So we're building a house, Frank. And like our house is going to be filled with our friends, as corny as that sounds. And, you know, a lot, I'm sure people be like, oh, two straight weeks of interviews. It's like, no, these we're all comics. We're like, this is our show. But, you know, our job is to, like, get these really fascinating, interesting people to you guys just so you can listen and just like, I feel like our friends are so cool. And not that, like, oh, that makes us cool. But just, like, I want more people to know that for as much as we get a lot of – we hear terrible things on the news about terrible humans. Just know that for every terrible person you see on the news, there's a Jeff Dye or a Ronnie Chang or Roy Wood Jr., you know, out there that is just – Literally, all they do all day is make people laugh. I would love to get Roy Wood Jr. on. Oh, I just, we, can, I, we can get Roy. I find I'll him call Roy. very funny and, and fascinating. Um, one of the first shows I ever did was, I might have talked on the, about this in a couple of weeks ago, but one of the first shows I ever did in the South, he opened the show. He was the MC, and it was in Birmingham, Alabama. He destroyed. The feature oh. did pretty well, and I just went way too fast because Southern culture is slower. It's not saying anything about intelligence or anything like that, but it was just go slowly and let people take everything in because it's the South. And I was just going, and like the owner said, oh, you did well. And I was like, I, I thought I was ta- – it's a tough room too because it's a high – Where were you? Stardome? Yeah, the Stardome. Incredible. They told me to room. slow down at the Stardome too. I had a great <laughs> time there. But, yeah, they, they, the guy – I got off stage for the first time and he said, you got to slow way down, buddy. <laughs> That's exactly what it said. Yeah, there was there there is that. I, I've got something I wanted to talk to you about because I did uh, a podcast this week. I was a guest. On, Are I've you been, cheating on me with other podcasts? Oh, me? absolutely. I've been going on tons of podcasts. Bag. Um, but I did a, a podcast, uh, and he called himself this, or they called him this, because this is the latest. You know, we always talk about how you get labeled, and this was his label, his latest label, controversial YouTuber. And, <laughs> The um, the podcast I did was impulsive with Logan Paul, and uh, yeah, very very different because I went in there and I had never felt so old in my entire life. I guess I one other time where I talked to my son's high school class and I stayed at the high school um, theater classes and talked to them all day, and I never I so much energy in just a different world. I couldn't even remember yeah. that type of thing. But these guys, they're bro bros. I'm like, bro, and they're high-fiving on things. It's just like I, I was never that. But but So I go in there, and I feel like Grandpa Frank. And by the end of it, I just wanted to be them, and I was yeah. ready to get some skinny jeans or just stand up and fix my junk in the middle of it. It was just insane how much fun they were. And I – they have so much money. I mean, it's crazy right. to think about it. But it went from just, 
Hey, it's Grandpa Frank. You guys want to hear my softball stats? It was turning into my dad. It was just unbelievable. And then by the end, I was like, you guys want to, I don't know, chop her over to some long run? <laughs> you want to do that? They got We got a brand uh, that's willing to work with us, and we're going to uh, make our trip over there. Yeah, all right. I mean, it wasn't. they weren't quite that but now i'm doing like i'm just becoming this guy but they were the energy was so incredible and they're so gracious and nice and they were welcoming my daughter got a shout out on there too because oh i know she was loving that oh she went crazy because she told me it's good it's a prank be careful it's probably a prank i'm like i don't think it's a prank my agent set it up and stuff like that and it wasn't a prank but he george uh logan paul through the television or through YouTube points said, Juliet, this is not a prank. We don't do it. When's the last time we did a prank? And then they remembered like a day ago they'd done a prank. <laughs> you know, you know, you're talking about energy, but I think that that that's a cinnamon synonym for enthusiasm. Like you oh, just yeah. picked up on their enthusiasm for life. And I think a lot of people our age and older, I think we can always get us like sometimes when you are with a younger person and they they're not trudging through life, they're like Dude, let's just go. Let let's just go. I think we can climb that. Let's do this. You're like, maybe we can't. I think the older you get, you get more pragmatic. You slow down. Oh yeah. You've seen things before, so you're just like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever, bro. I saw this in in 2008. Okay, so this is my first rodeo. But to see things with fresh eyes through your, especially through your children or through your kids' friends, it really is just refreshing. Where you just go, it, it's almost like when somebody who's never seen stand up comes to your show and then you know they know you through a mutual friend and they're just backstage and they cannot believe you just did that right did that frank that was no you don't understand i <laughs> called my dad he was crying you know it's just you're just like oh it's just a show i did but they're looking at it with fresh eyes and i think it's a good reminder for everybody just like man this is we're, we're lucky to be here just have fun bro yeah well here's the thing so he had the controversial thing with the suicide forest and all that type of stuff, which really set him back, uh, I believe, quite a bit and lost him a bunch of fans or whatever. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a, at the time probably, what, a 22-year-old kid with $100 million and everything he does in life he just films. So it's he made a mistake, but he, they, they were getting with it. But there are people that still hold all these grudges against people, and I'm getting, because I appeared on that podcast, I was getting so much, I shouldn't say, some blowback. I, I thought maybe I might even get more, but I was getting some blowback, and I just go back at people like, listen, it's, he was a kid, he made a mistake. What are you going to do, hold things against somebody for their Dude, entire Frank, lives? No, Frank, let's be honest. At 22, you should never make another mistake again in life. Let's right. let's be real. Well, That's it, ridiculous, I, but people want to hold grudges. They yeah. they. It gives them something to do. And like I have uh, somebody that I have worked, I'll just leave it vague. I may have, may have not have worked with. I'll just leave it very vague. And they did something roughly about 10 years ago on TV. And every time that I'm in a post with them that has nothing to do with what happened, I still get four or five random tweets. Yo, you having fun with your friend that blankety blank blanked? Yeah, I'm good to know your co-sign. It, it lit Frank maybe not even 10 years ago, maybe 12 or 13, and still. Yeah, I, I went back and people said, glad to know you never made a mistake in your life. I do think that part of it is when somebody is so rich and so successful and famous, people put them on this pedestal of, even though he's a prankster, people put them on these pedestals that uh, it's not real. We all make mistakes. You just, 
if you keep making the same mistakes and he made he did this big apology and listen a lot of times uh, and I, I don't remember it exactly but i remember some of the sports apologies that have been in the same type of vein the apology and the in, the the emotion you feel from it is a lot more of oh my god my career i got to think about this right. than what they actually did i don't know how that was in that situation but let it go it's just whatever and then to say by association i'm and I was defending him. I was like, he's a nice guy. He was great to me. I've seen other people that were guests on that show that he was very gracious to. And it's just, like I said, it was fun because of the energy. They made me go from feeling like such an old man to let's go hang out. <laughs> Even to a slightly they got away less from me old as, man. Yeah, they got away from me as quickly as they could. No, <laughs> they were super great. Um but it was it was a lot of fun, and that was it was a surreal experience, and it was one of those things where afterward my daughter goes, "That was really funny when she watched it." I'm like, and I can't believe I let you watch that because all these guys, are, all they're doing is talking about meeting girls, and it's it's just crazy. It's uh, and she's a 13 year old girl, and I'm like, whatever. She watches all this stuff anyway. Yes, uh, yes. Every uh, kids are just so far from where we were at 13. They they have the internet, they've seen everything, and I also think that's why kids have less reverence for adults. I think there was this, I don't know about you, but I, there was just a mystery around adults to me. Like, I would be like, oh, my gosh, that's my older cousin. He's 24. Like, he knows what he's talking about. Like, <laughs> I would I almost pray to them like Wayne's World, like, literally would be in awe. I would be nervous. Like, when they would come, I would want them to think I was cool. If we played catch, I wouldn't want to drop the ball. So I'm like, oh, that's my uncle. I want them to think I'm And I just think kids, Juliet's age and Abraham and Elijah, my son's age, I think that they've been looking at YouTube videos of adults falling down the stairs and falling off a roof and setting their hair on fire, trying to blow up birthday candles. They just look at us as gigantic goofs that are out of touch. So they don't have that, that same reverence. So they're just like, yeah, you know, it's, that's why they're just like, yeah, that's my dad. It's, he's cool. But yeah. they, the mask has been taken away from adulthood. They, they know that we're, <laughs> we're all still full, idiots. Full of ish. Yes. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's do this, Al. Let's just get into that Ronnie. Let's not just. Let's do it. Let's get into the Ronnie Chang interview. I keep I'm gonna do it again. I wanted to call it a few good men, but it's crazy rich Asians. Frank, uh, I've, I've decided I want to air this. Yeah, no, we are. We are. We're airing this part. I, I okay. screwed up once. We cut it out. This one, I'm letting go because a few good men, a few good men. That's actually four words, right? <laughs> crazy rich Asians, only three. I don't even have that excuse. It's not the same amount of. Maybe it's the same amount of syllables. I don't know. I just have issues. I, I'm with <laughs> Chappelle. I just have issues. Dang. That's another thing we have to watch. Have you watched uh, Sticks and Stones yet? No, but I, I will. I normally don't watch stand up just because I, I don't, don't want anybody. I but either, I, I think but we I have need too many to people. Discuss. Yeah, I have too many people telling me to watch. Got to watch that and Bill Burr because everybody's saying let's watch Chappelle and talk about it in another week or so. That by that time everybody should have seen it in the world. But too many comics are telling me that you have to watch it because it's too important uh, in terms of PC culture and stuff like that. Not to. Because I keep worrying about stuff, and it's all the stuff we talk about on here. So I, I, I want to do that, and we'll we'll get into that in a couple of weeks. But uh, for right now, we're going to uh, – this interview with Ronnie Chang, he was in Crazy Rich Asians. Yes, you nailed it. Which has a few good men in it. And <laughs> uh, a, a correspondent on The Daily Show, among other things, uh, international stand-up comedian, very funny. And as you'll find out, totally different – off stage, off television, that he is 
when he's just being himself, and it proved to me what a great actor, so I hope people enjoy. Am I the first Chinese person you've ever spoken to? Uh, that, yes, like yes, absolutely. Both. Yes, ending. I'm yeah. yes, ending. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you saw on the way. Yeah. I don't know if you saw on the way in. Uh, there's uh, a ping pong table, a table tennis sure. table. So I know a lot sure of Asian my culture, people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not a hundred percent. But people think like you'll say something about. It. By the way, this is Ronnie Chang. You may have seen hey. him on uh, the uh, the Daily Show. Sure. In the movie. Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. Oh, you knew the name. Thank you. I appreciate what, it. What, do people not usually know the name? No, I just didn't expect you to actually know the name of that one. Why not? What? I don't know. I just don't think it was your kind of movie. Definitely not my yeah. kind of movie. I had, I, to re- I had to watch some of the movie today just but just to see your part. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't even realize. I'm going to be honest. I, I'm totally honest. You're, you're noticing this. It, uh, I think when you're talking to me, I'm pretty honest about what an idiot I am. Oh, <laughs> but, um, no, but very, I, yeah. I, I did not even realize that it was you who reacted to the Jesse Waters sure. Fox News thing. Sure. And then when I said, uh, when I when I saw it, I was like, of course. Oh, you actually saw that too. I'm surprised. Oh, you saw I saw. That. I saw that. Why do you think I not saw? You I, think I just I'm blind to Asian dude, people? I have no idea what kind of life you lead. Like you're such a. That's why I came on the podcast. Like I love that you are like isolated i don't know what you do man you know you know what i think i i that's kind of what i wanted to be at yeah. one point yeah yeah uh a recluse yeah. in the comedy <laughs> world um i get it. Look, if, you, if, what did you think of me a sports guy Is well that what you... my impression was hugely successful i knew i knew all your work from nfl big okay. fan of it love the impressions love the comedy i love you know i love sports and obviously i love comedy is my job and so mixing those two Whoever can successfully mix those two, I'm always right. really intrigued with. You know, you it's a hard well. thing to do. Yeah, it's hard to. You play. couldn't do it. I couldn't. I, just, <laughs> I tried. I couldn't do it. And um, not a lot of Asian people in sports for me to impersonate. So I can't. Well, really. yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> I guess that's uh, you, you got to go back a few there's years. No, Yao Ming is Yao a big. Ming, uh, maybe there's no coaches. Maybe some University of Hawaii coaches. Uh, Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin, that one guy. And that yeah, that, that so, one guy. So so there's some reality so that. It's but, hard for me to impersonate. Yeah, but if you go to like China, like the fact that I play table tennis, Mao Long, Mao Lin. Oh, Dad, you actually know the people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's why I told you. I know <laughs> some Asian people. Right. I'll say it's weird because people will get weirded out by this stuff mm-hmm. uh, because they're so PC and don't even know. Sure. I'll say, no, table tennis is big in China. You have to understand. It's yeah, a it real, it's a real sure. thing. I've actually had uh, dinner with some of the national team before the national coach because at t- table tennis tournaments. Well, are you like a high pl- level ping pong? Not that high level. I'm pretty good. Then why are you in with the Chinese ping pong national? I because I'm famous enough in the ping pong world. By the what? way, ping pong is a brand. Table tennis is the is the actual sport. Wow, but I didn't it, even know that. Yeah. That's so cool. in the table tennis uh-huh. world, what? Um, what happened? I I just get I you know you just get invited to tournaments and and do Judah Friedlander plays as well. Yeah, Judah, but Judah's a high level player. Yeah, I wouldn't consider him high level. Whoa, he's about, no, he's about like going down the Judah. You no, I wouldn't Judah consider now. myself a high level player either. If you for the yeah, high for level the, for comedians, yes, yes, we're very high level for the. <laughs> oh, so the you are high level. You're like Judah. Yeah, I could play like Judah. Oh, then yeah, we've been trained by the same people. Then you're freaking high level. In my then I'm reality. I'm yeah. probably you're like the NBA. I'm not comedian. professional. I'm more Olympic. Wow, that's pretty. Olympic is very high level. Oh, yeah. so so you're in with the table tennis world as well. It's not yes, like, like Sean O'Neill, who was national champion multiple times. Damn, he he worked with both of us. Damn, then so. you roll in those circles. That's yeah, 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 absolutely. So you so what you're saying? What you're trying to say is that you respect Asian culture. 
I do. <laughs> but you say you say table tennis. Like I actually, I was thinking about when I saw the Jesse Waters thing and realized it was yeah. you. And we, the first thing you walk in in my garage, yeah. what you see is is a ping pong table. Yeah. But but like. People, okay, so There's my- totally nothing wrong with it. I know there yeah, isn't, so. but sometimes people get weirded out. And as I'm talking to you, it's yeah. even more. In this world, you never know how people are going to react. So, yeah. so my wife's cousin, his name is, his, his, he's Italian. Just say his he, name. He, he, <laughs> I don't know if he wants to be. His last name is Bertolami. Okay. He married an Asian woman. Okay. So, but she didn't change her name to Bertolami because if you walk in and hear Bertolami, Dr. Bertolami, uh-huh. she's like, eh, it's just kind of odd. I once said- about her family. I heard your dad loves ping pong and she just looked at me like, oh. like, is this a joke? Because right. I'm a comedian, right, right. like thinking, and I'm like, no, that, there's no joke here. I sure. wanted to play him. That, right. was, that was what I wanted it right, to be. Right. I wanted to yeah, see yeah, how yeah. good he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So sometimes intention, you know, will come you know, it's through. all intent. Oh, we yeah, believe yeah, that's, yeah. that's, we talk about that all yeah, the time. Yeah. It's all intention. Yeah. So this, and, and to be fair, sometimes on the other side of the coin, people get too sensitive as well. You know, yeah. so it goes oh, both no. ways. Yeah. But, but I think intention is, is really where it comes to. Um, yeah. That's the most important thing. Yeah, if you're a little bit, I mean, it's not it's not hundred percent intention. Sometimes it's intention. Sometimes it's also you know, unintentional. Like, oh, I didn't mean that. But if you didn't intend to, but you can still acknowledge that. Okay, you know, I'm right. Not, that, that's also a yeah. Part of you don't want to be completely yeah. ignorant. Yeah, you don't. Or be ignorant. Like, I didn't intend, so I don't give a fuck. You know? Right. You don't want to be yeah. ignorant on purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. it's more that. So all the way over, I started to ask you questions like I always do when I talk to people. Um, all people, not just Asian people. Yeah. So oh, when I, but I started asking questions. You've never spoken to Asian. I've never. No. <laughs> I feel like I'm the only one you've ever spoken to. Honestly, <laughs> name name two. I just uh, that, who you don't. Bobby Lee. Okay, Bobby Lee. Uh, uh Ken Jong. Wow, you spoke to Ken Jong. Uh, yeah. yeah those are my I'm, boys. I'm friends with Ken Jong. Those are my boys. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm acquaintances. With <laughs> Ken. That's no, fair. You know the two most famous Asian people in the world. Well, it's like that's. But I, <laughs> I'm name dropping and fitting uh, answering the question at yeah. the same time. I was trying to think. Uh, of a fake Asian name. You know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't going to be. Chu. I booked the. Uh, <laughs> With the shoes? EF Chang. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, sorry, I cut you off. But what no, you it's say? perfect. I love say? to be shot down <laughs> for my cultural <laughs> issues. No. Um, so, on the way over, I was asking you just some personal questions so that people can get to know you a little bit better. Um, Please. So you, I asked you how long you've been married because your wife yeah. describe <laughs> describe what just happened. Oh, you were in Arizona. Right? Yeah, I'm in I'm in Tempe, Arizona, which of course that's where Frank Caliendo lives. I didn't know recluse Frank yeah, Caliendo. Recluse. I get an email from my manager like, "Hey, Frank wants you." Uh, asked if you all come, want, would like to come on his podcast, which is a very nice email to get. Usually, people just contact you and assume that you know you want to be on it. So you know your email was very, it came in professional and I know your work so I'm like this guy's legit right. he went through the proper sources yeah. I didn't try to I tried to get your phone number <laughs> okay no I didn't I, I know I always try to go yeah, the right yeah. and then you know I I I do respect your comedy I love your comedy so I was like yeah I really want to meet Frank and and then at the same time I, I was always I was also like oh of course he lives in Tempe like I didn't know that but when I got the email like hey Frank wants you on the podcast he lives in Tempe I'm like yeah of course he did <laughs> and then, um uh, so we arranged to meet at my hotel. Frank very, very graciously offered to drive me from my hotel to his house. And um, we met at 2 p.m. And then around 2 p.m., Frank messages me, hey, I'm coming near the hotel. And then I <laughs> message him, 
uh, do you mind coming to this spot that's five minutes away from the hotel near the lake instead to pick me up? My wife just got heat stroke <laughs> because we went paddle boarding at 12 noon. <laughs> <laughs> now, Toledo, it's heat, it's heat uh, exhaustion, right? First of all, I think heat stroke is... Heat the, stroke is like very serious. Like yeah. you can't, that's something that takes a long time yeah, to come yeah, out like of. Yeah, like ice baths and stuff like that. So I think this, this was heat exhaustion, okay. uh, maybe some dehydration. So it wasn't quite <laughs> yeah. heat stroke. And I wasn't trying to make fun of you for that no, no you were very concerned and you were very nice and you came. i didn't yeah i didn't say we can stop the interview I, I, no time <laughs> did i say we're gonna yeah not do this yeah. interview i'm like, like hey can you bring her over here <laughs> so she can recuperate in the podcast um no but frank was very concerned and he was like yeah of course i sent him i dropped a pin uh to my location on google maps and he came like a, the ambulance <laughs> Frank came to pick he airlifted me out of this car park that me and my wife were she had to lie down we 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 went around the lake like for an hour, which was way too long. And as soon as we got off the paddle boat, um, she was like, yeah, I, I told her like, hey, if you're feeling at all weak, that could be a sign of, I said heat stroke. Frank is very adamant that it's heat exhaustion. I don't know why. He's hey, table that. tennis, heat stroke. I like to get the, I like to get the, <laughs> the jargon yeah. correct. Uh, and um, anyway, yeah, I said it could be heat exhaustion. And then uh, if you feel at all tired, please lie down. Cause I've heard about this, like, you know, when you get affected and it creeps up on you. Because I played basketball in the heat many a time where I just powered through and then it became a situation. So um, she started feeling weak. So we literally had to go to a car park and lie down on like in the shade. Um, and so Frank came to airlift us out of <laughs> which I really appreciate. And Frank was so worried. He came out the car. The first time I met him, he was like, are you okay? Like, Jesus. You know, you were like, "Oh, do we have to go to hospital or something?" I felt I really like a, I felt like a professional driver though. Yeah. I got out of the driver's side. I'm opening up the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You let your wife. You're just like over there. <laughs> I'm and I'm yeah. I'm I'm opening doors for yeah, people yeah, and yeah. making sure everybody's okay. Yeah. And safe. I really appreciate. It. She was okay. Like the length of time it took for you to come, which was way too long, by the way. She had come a lot quicker. <laughs> um, and she recovered in that time, and then she she went back to the hotel. So thanks for saving my wife's life. Oh, my because God. we walked past the lake, and my wife looks at. At these white swan paddle boats and she's like oh we gotta go on the lake and paddle boat i'm like all right we'll go do it and then we paddled and of course i'm okay but then she <laughs> toledo do you even know there's a white swan paddle boat in tempe you... i did not <laughs> I, knew, I knew that there was paddle boats there and that there were rentals for kayaks i had no idea that a hundred and a hundred and ten degrees <laughs> He's on a swan paddle boat in Tempe, Arizona. That doesn't, none of it makes sense. Nothing makes sense, man. Nothing makes Were sense. Were you filming this for some reason? No, I wasn't. It was genuinely a, a leisure activity. And I'm from the tropics, so I don't know. I, I don't even put on sunscreen, you know? Like, I, I just, in Malaysia, I was like, we go hot and humid. Like, I, I, like I, this is like my operating temperature, so. Humid is different what? than dry, though. Dry, that, there is something to the dry humid in heat out here. That's true. It's a weird thing because you don't realize how much water is evaporating out of you. Yeah. There's that, that's that's not abnormal. What happened to your wife yeah, when yeah. you go back and you scream at her for embarrassing <laughs> I'm not you? Gonna... No. <laughs> no, but when you go back, mm. it's it, it's and talk. It's one of those things you do not realize. Yeah how much it takes out of you yeah it creeps up on you which was my whole point to her was that hey if you feel at all weird then let's just lie down and then it started creeping up on her and, and yeah because i got a podcast to do yeah. <laughs> and reclusive caliendo <laughs> yeah i don't know this guy could be crazy he could come <laughs> and murder me i don't know so that's, that, i have to be in fighting fighting shape <laughs> yeah. i can't be weakened during this moment i've got to learn to play table tennis so i can destroy him in case it's a game for our honor yeah yeah so so, yeah. so then i asked you a question because you and your wife a very cute couple Oh, that was very nice. You did. It was perfect. She was so sweet and uh, 
apologetic that I like I I understand because I've been there. I've seen it happen to many people. It's not a new thing. Like if if you notice I wasn't I, I wasn't super surprised no, you by were, it. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, that's awful. I'm worried. Yeah. But at the same time, like, eh, that happens yeah. out here. Yeah. So I asked you a question, which was a very weird answer because you guys do seem so cute. And the fact that you're willing to go paddle boat boating oh, yeah. with your wife in 110 degree heat <laughs> on the swan seemed like you're a good husband, a nice husband, and you yeah. guys get along. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no way I get on a paddle boat with my wife. <laughs> I love my wife, kind of. No, I love my wife, but it's one of those things like, I'm going, you can do that by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but then I asked you, how long have you been married? Yeah. And the, your reaction was, uh, uh, I don't even know. I don't know how long I've been married because I don't differentiate. The, the transition from not married to married for me was exactly the same. And my wife hates this answer because I don't feel any different. Uh, but we also got married three times. So I, I don't know which one is the legit wedding that you want to, you know. But at, I love that you leave it at that. Like yeah. we got married three times. Yeah, like yeah. that's a normal thing. Like <laughs> getting heat stroke on a paddle boat. That's the shape of a swan. I, I the, think when you're uh, immigrant, like from other countries, like, yeah, I think this is, you know, it's okay. Because first we got married um, in New York City, just at City Hall. We got married, and then we... Any, was, but any family there? In? No, no family. Just me, okay. her, and my photographer, who ended up being my witness oh. for the wedding, for the marriage. And Because we got no family here. It's just me and her. So we got married, and then we got married in um, Australia, because she's from Australia. So we, got, we had like a nice little thing in um, Australia for most of her family, some of my family as well, but most of her family's in, in, in Australia. Then we got married in Malaysia for my family. And then it just became... Because I'm a considerate person. I don't expect everyone to fly out to wherever I'm getting married. I go to them. I bring the wedding. <laughs> I, bring I bring the, the wedding, wedding to them. Yeah. I bring the wedding to you. Yeah, because I, I, I think it's pretty inconsiderate to be like, yo, we're having a wedding in Bali, some destination wedding. And, you know, people, people are very busy. And right. they're clearing leave just to attend your wedding as though they got nothing better to do, you know. So I, I went to them. I went to the people. And I gave them what they wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I gave them the wedding. You're going to yeah. celebrate us for you. Yeah. Just bring the present. Here, here's the lead that I'm actually burying, which my wife always is like, why, why don't you ever talk about this? Because I always talk about th three weddings. But I actually got my, my wedding in Malaysia. I actually had a joint wedding with my sister. So my sister got married to her husband and I got married to my wife and we just had a joint thing in Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur. Like a double header. Double header, yeah. <laughs> uh, two, two for one. Two for one. Because... Um, the BOGO. Yeah. Buy one, get one. <laughs> You're like Italian, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you know, weddings are more for family than they are for you in, yeah. in those kind of cultures. And so this Chinese wedding literally is for, you know, your parents to brag, for relatives to come and hang out. So, you know, we just, we, we got married around the same time uh Anyway, so our wedding in Malaysia, we were like, yo, let's just do this together. And so how long have you known your wife? I've known her since I was in university in Australia. I met her in university in Australia. You don't go, you don't go by years, just by I don't even know, periods of life? Dude, I can't even remember. We've been together a long time. What was the number one song on the radio at the time? <laughs> um, I, I think it was Smack That. Because <laughs> yeah, by Akon. Yeah. Are we looking? Are we looking at like ten years? Yeah, ten years. But we, so Something. I've known her for ten years. We date. We've been dating for like. Um, maybe se maybe eight years, and then we had two years off, which again she hates mentioning. So I don't even know how to. You oh. know what I mean? 
two years legit off from the relationship. So it's like, I don't know how to count this. Like eight minus right. two is six and then three weddings. And so when people ask me, I'm like, I don't even know, man. I got you. <laughs> it, does, it is more complicated. <laughs> yeah. Once you get into it, I start to understand a little yeah, bit more. Yeah. All right. So you were born where? I was born in Malaysia. And part of the reason I want to ask some of this stuff is because you've done, I've only done comedy really in the United States. Yeah. And I'm, a lot of my stuff especially early on and until now has been very U.S. centric, yeah, uh, yeah. tied into pop culture and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't even know how I would do in other countries yeah. uh, and I would be completely worried to go somewhere because I'd be making references that aren't even on television there. Like, right. I don't know where the NFL is big. <laughs> uh, that stuff I have to really worry right. about as opposed to human uh you know interactions and just things that everybody experiences all the time a lot of my stuff is tied into who's on tv right. or in movies or whatever so some blockbusters make sense but not everything else so yeah. let's say so you are born you were born in malaysia yeah yeah and i want to i'm going to tie this all in later about yeah. how co culturally comedy wise and how ignorant you are yeah, yeah right. there's a lot of that <laughs> some people be offended by that i just know you're speaking truth <laughs> no i'm, I'm just teasing i'm not I, I, no it's it's okay <laughs> i don't mind um so you you're born in malaysia yeah. and then how long are you there for uh i was there for until i was three years old and then my parents uh went to college in um, New Manchester, New Hampshire. So they kind of packed. So they had you before they yeah. went to college. They had two kids before they went to college. They went to college late. Yeah. Is that a is that a normal thing for people from No, Malaysia? it was. I thought it was normal, but I don't. I don't think it is. They 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 were they had their own business. Um, they were very academically sound in Malaysia, but they just never went on to university. So their high school grades were good. You know, they just never moved on. They just went straight into working, supporting their families uh, and uh, kind of in business for themselves. And then I think the story goes, the family story goes that my dad's business uh, didn't go so well. Uh, and so he decided to pack it up and go get educated so he could get a job and work for someone. So he, he back in the day before the internet, he's looking at the at like the newspaper ads where American colleges would advertise in Malaysia for like business school or whatever undergraduate. So he just saw um, you, uh, a community college in Manchester, New Hampshire, um, and then he signed up and he he got accepted and he paid for the whole thing himself and he just went there, you know, as a a man in his mid thirties. I think he went to okay in the in nine, in the uh, late eighties. He just went to Manchester, New Hampshire. You know, without the internet, just went there by himself first, just to set up. Uh, went to school, undergrad. My mom went over. She did undergrad. They both did their masters, and then we, we they were good immigrants because after they graduated, they left. They didn't take anyone's job. They just went back. To <laughs> yeah. yeah, we all left. So we went back to we went back to Singapore. Yeah, went back to. Uh, and how old are you when you go back to Singapore? I was eight years old. Yeah, so I was in New Hampshire for about four or five years. Okay, then you're in Singapore for yeah. how long? I was in Singapore for like ten years, and then I got ex uh, I went to Australia for law school. Law school is undergraduate. So I did undergraduate. My undergrad was all in. I did my whole university college in in Australia. Yeah. Wait, but how do you go Singapore to Australia? Yeah, yeah. I just applied. In oh, you applied. Yeah, 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 yeah. Over there. Yeah. So I went there, and um, is that again? Is that that's for pretty some, normal? So for, yeah. Yeah, so for somebody like me who sure. just grows up in Waukesha, Wisconsin, born sure. in Chicago, grew up in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Like some of my, and even I talk to my wife who grew up in the Cleveland area. Yeah. Some of her friends. Yeah. Have never no. left that county, <laughs> Lorraine County. Yeah. In, like they've never gotten on an airplane. They've never been to an airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're internationally sure, traveling sure. Sure, and yeah. 
part of it is you're you're kind of used to it, I think, yeah, because yeah. your family's doing it. But then you go, oh, I'm going to go to a college in a different country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not too different from I would say like if, if you're from Wisconsin and you decide to go to college in California, it's, it's like on it's kind of like that. You from know? Singapore to Australia, yeah, from Australia, yeah, because Singapore's uh, the English is the first language anyway. I didn't you know? again. I didn't. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. English is the first language. Um, I mean, obviously, cultural differences in Australia between Australia and, and Singapore, but. Uh, yeah, so I, I went there uh, to study, and then I ended up st- doing stand-up comedy in Australia. Uh, after what? Bro- what? Okay, so yeah. you're pre-law. No, no, I was doing law school. I graduated oh, from oh, law school. Oh, you yeah. graduated from law yeah, school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, screw this. Yeah, I'm I couldn't get a tell- job. Yeah, couldn't get a job, so I just uh, I was getting more work from comedy than I was in. What law. kind of law were you in? Um, I was just it was a law degree. Like you don't specialize until you get out of law school. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can pick some electives, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean, if anything, I picked like. I think I was doing like humanitarian law or something. I feel like maybe you went to the wrong law school. <laughs> no, no, who I don't know who specializes in law school. There's no specialized. No, I don't. No, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, you don't specialize in law school. You I, don't, you I, don't go like this, this, or this. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, okay. you you do your subjects, and then uh, everyone does the base subjects, and then you have some electives, but that doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean anything. Like right. you could do IP law. It depends on what job you can get to really specialize. You know what I mean? You specialize on the job. Kind so you of, start yeah. doing comedy, yeah, and you're doing stand up yeah. in Australia, yeah, yeah, and that's the club circuit. No, so Australia, interestingly, uh, yeah, you'll find this fascinating. It's uh, more of a there's clubs. Every city has like a comedy club, but it's more of a festival circuit. The Melbourne Comedy Festival, the oh. Edinburgh. Have you heard of Edinburgh? I've Film heard Festival? of both of those. Yeah, yeah. So it's that level of. Um, it's not like Montreal. It's it's first of all, it's month long. Like Montreal for English, it's like a weekend or a week at most. And for people who don't know, the Montreal Comedy yeah. Festival is the big just comedy festival, just for laughs. Yeah. And a lot of industry goes there, mm-hmm. and it's a big deal in Montreal. Mm-hmm. A lot of names from television. Mm-hmm. Uh, they try to they do some other uh, comedy festivals in the states and even in Canada, mm-hmm. but, but that's- it, Montreal's the one. Yeah. It's the the most important yeah. one. So that's happening in Australia in different cities throughout the. No, no. So so the way we do it in Australia is um, it. So in at Montreal, you go there, you maybe do ten minutes. Nowadays, you can also do an hour, but really Montreal is about your 10 minutes, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's a gala spa or whatever it is, and you do your 10 minutes and you get on, you do TV. Australia and Edinburgh is about your hour show. so uh, and, it's, and you do it every day for like a month. So your month. I had no idea that yeah, that's, that's how, what that was That's like. how we do it. Yeah, we do it with. It's uh, so almost like a run of a play. Yeah, 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 yeah. So every comic does one hour. It's a one hour show. I mean, here you would consider it like a one man show. Depending on your style, you know, some people are more storytellers. Most people are storytellers. And then uh, there's a lot of people who are like just pure stand up. And, you know, some of the skill is blending those two skills. So you're doing one show yeah. a week then? How many shows? No, you're doing a week? one show every day for one month. Every day. Thir- like, you know, 24 shows over a month. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can either, you either eat a lot of shit or you get good quick or, you know, but, you know, so it, it goes both ways. And the audience knows that this yeah. is the time of the year for that. So yes. everybody's going yeah. to shows. Yes. Yeah. So it takes over the city. So it becomes like a city, like the city of Melbourne, Australia it becomes. Like Does everybody draw in that? Are no. there people? Who don't? <laughs> no, there's tons of people who don't. There's also tons of people who probably shouldn't be doing an hour. But they're kind of doing it because that's the environment we come up in, you know. Right. Um, and so you, yeah, you learn quick and you develop skills, you know. Um, 
uh, for better and for worse, some some skills are good. Uh, uh, for example, you learn kind of storytelling, how to hold the audience for an hour, and sometimes you know you 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 lose the skill of being as punchy as you should be in ten minutes um, when you do a ten minute a shorter spot. You know, but but you know you got you got to know both. In my opinion, you have to know how to do both things. To, to really succeed but in so edinburgh is the same thing and so imagine you know you got in melbourne you'll be hundreds of acts you're kind of competing with in edinburgh it's thousands of acts where you're like you're competing with magicians and people and musicians and people on a harp and there's people doing musicals and then you're doing comedy you know in, in melbourne it's just comedy so it's the just, audiences between edinburgh yeah. and melbourne yeah. similar different uh yeah very different i think um and then, so th- I want to know a little bit about each of those and then compare it to the United States. Please, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, this is very inside baseball comedy. I know that. I think people, if people the, are we, interested, we, we get a lot of, especially because I think that this, it, it just even relates to, um, it'll, I think I want to know a little bit about PC culture and other sure, places sure. and stuff like that. Please. And if they, you can have different type of edge or Please, yeah. all that stuff. But, in terms of, I, we get a lot, or at least I do, yeah. I get a lot of texts from, uh, messages from people, yeah. Facebook or whatever, people like, we love it when you talk to comedians about some of this type of sure. stuff. So absolutely, 100%. Sure, yeah. I just don't want to bore people with this. No, it's, it's not. Stuff. No, because uh, I, 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 it's something I can't talk about at all. Right. <laughs> like, I don't, and I, I, right. Which we can bring back to whether you, you should do it as well. I, I think there's a way you could do it, you know, in, in going to. Well, I'm broadening what I'm doing with my act was like sure. a lot of why I'm even doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah, but so yeah. tell me the, the, the main differences you see Edinburgh, Montreal, or I'm sorry, Edinburgh, um, Melbourne. Sure. So, so Melbourne is, um, yeah, that's the vibe. Imagine a festival that kind of takes over the city. Every, every bar, every possible performing venue, every temporary uh, performing venue in a bar becomes a, a venue for comedy. So if a bar has like a back room, it will get converted into a comedy show comedy room if uh, uh you know whatever playhouse has uh, any a closet we turn that into like a 30 seater so and that's melbourne australia like we, we try to make venues in every weird spot and then you know everyone's doing shows everyone has their new hour they're trying to but i mean in terms of the audiences themselves yeah yeah, yeah that's the vibe of the city is what i'm trying to say okay, it, right. it really takes over the city you know it's not like one or two venues i'm talking every bar every cafe any venue you can squeeze into it becomes right. a comedy performing venue uh and then the audiences come and they're paying money to take a chance most of the time you know not most people don't have profile you know there's hundreds of acts uh so you're rolling the dice and but people get into the spirit of it you know you're in the city people are like oh, okay we'll pay 20 bucks go see this unknown guy and see what he's doing and they they're, they're they give you more leeway okay in a way because they're like oh we get it this guy's doing a one-hour show you know it's just silliness um, that's not to say you don't have to be good. I'm just saying uh, there's an element of that. People taking chances and and buying into what it is for for the most part. That's known that people are going to take a little bit more chances there. Yeah, but it, I mean, just mathematically, that has to be happening because no, that no one knows who anyone is anyway, and right. yet people are selling a decent amount of tickets. So people must be rolling the dice, right? That's so kind of it's almost Vegasy. Yeah, you go to Las yeah. Vegas, you don't, you, you have no idea. Yeah, yeah. You could have somebody sitting from Louisiana right. next to somebody from Los Angeles, right, right. next to somebody from Boston. Right. They laugh at different things sure, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, but this is more Melbourne. You know, this is more Melbourne. So they have the Melbourne. community, like they have yep. community. Uh, 
similarities, I guess is the word I'm looking for. That they, yeah, they all yeah, laugh yeah. at. They, they all yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. There's no one like same colloquialism. Exactly, hundred percent. The, the differences in Australia between cities and states is nowhere near as varied as America. There's oh, it's more hom- homogenous in Australia. Okay, for sure. Definitely regional differences, but as a whole, very homogenous. You know. Um, so even the way they talk, you know, there's some accent differences, but not huge like America. Do you do, do you feel like you can be edgier there, less edgy? Yeah, uh, yeah. Which brings me to the next. Which point. which, so, which so, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. No, that's a, that's a great question. So in Melbourne, Australia, it's Melbourne is also they see themselves as a very high arts kind of you know bordering on snobby some would say going straight into snobbish kind of how they view the arts and performing arts which is why a festival like the Melbourne Comedy Festival can exist there and they consider and it's a very PC kind of liberal city Melbourne Australia is very um you know it's almost like San Francisco uh, San Fran uh, in fact it, it's it's physically like Brooklyn a lot like that kind of very hipster super hipster um you know coffees and beanies and you know uh uh I believe, in, I believe in Brooklyn those are yarmulkes. <laughs> yeah, both, you know, uh <laughs> uh so so uh that's the kind of thing you are there there is a sense of extreme PC culture that I think that's fair to say, you know. It can get very it can get a little bit like that and I think uh So are you you personally more careful there or do you just do what you do? Um or does that not affect your comedy at all? I mean, my sensibilities, I started there, so my sensibilities are definitely informed by that place. Um I as a comedian, I think I've matured uh as a comedian and a person and i think i'm able to judge more correctly when i should take a stand on something that i think i believe in and when when See, I, so, so i don't always go by the crowd what know? i'll do a lot of time is yeah. i set things up a little bit i give a little bit of extra of a uh-huh. setup and say well this is just being silly here right, right. i'm not trying to be political sure i'm just t- telling you the joke as it is i sure, i work sure. around it sure. and set up especially like when i talk about political figures here like if you do impressions that's some of the only people that everybody knows sure sure yeah um so i'm very especially caught, like, people currently in the media right it's all, it's all that is being reported on so we ha- right you almost have to talk and about i do it. a lot of corporate events and i'm like i'm not going to not yeah. Do jokes about the president. Every impressionist, anybody who's ever done impressions, does sure. impressions of yeah, yeah. past and present. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, presidents. But I think that's what part of being a professional is. And uh, not only are we professionals, meaning um, we, we we are supposed to do things at a high level. Um, the other part about it is it's an art form, right? So there's no right or wrong answer. You, it's an art. Like you, it's not science. There's no equation. Yeah, but not everybody sees it that way. No, of course not. Yeah. But then that's because we're professionals. It's I feel like it's incumbent on us to, you know, let people know that this is how it is. It's an art form. It's not always we don't always get it right, you know. Yeah. But but we're human. We know, yeah, we know it's an art form, and it's it's a it's a. Um, it's a it's a wave. Some, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's a wave. You have to figure out where it is on the wave. It's not a straight line equation that you can just like do this. Do this equals funny, and this is not. This plus this equals not offensive. And it's not. You know, that's not how we. So it's PC there. I uh, would say it's PC, but just like anywhere that's PC, it doesn't mean, you know, we as pro- again as professionals and as people who understand it as an art form. You know, you whatever you take your chances, you throw your punches, they punch back, whatever. It and is, then some yeah. of the other, yeah, uh, the other uh, festivals is it? It's different. Uh, no. So Edinburgh Fringe Festival is the largest live performing festival in the world. So wherever you see in Melbourne, Edinburgh is ten times bigger. 
Um, and if I can give some context, again, this is going to bore everyone. I don't think so. But, but Edinburgh, so it's Edinburgh Fringe Festival started off as the Edinburgh Festival. And what that means is that a, 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 a traditional arts festival has very traditional art forms like ballet, opera. Um, what, what else is like a, like a, a play, Shakespeare play. So that was what it started with, with all these very traditional kind of art forms. And then they started the Edinburgh Fringe, which was a response to the festival. And Fringe would be all the fringy acts, like magicians and comedians, stand-up mm-hmm. comics and burlesque and all this, you know, fringy, on the fringes of art. That's what it's called, the Edinburgh Fringe. And the Edinburgh Fringe became huge. It became thousands of shows. It became very commercial. And then in response to the Fringe, because it became so commercial, they created the Edinburgh, Edinburgh Free Fringe, which <laughs> had no registration fees, you will go watch people in a bar and then at the end of the show you put coins in a bucket and you make people would make more money from that that kind of stuff that's so, like Catskillian yeah so imagine these three festivals happening in the same city at the same time in a population do they compete with each other oh, or 100%. people oh they are they're like actually competing yeah, because one side you got two commercials so we're gonna build our uh, oh fe- no 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 they don't compete like just that. competing I, I, for audience yeah competing for audience okay and so imagine simultaneously there's a thousand shows happening in Edinburgh and it, comedy is just that much of it, like a small portion. But even the comedy aspect is already huge. The com- you know what I mean? So imagine that. Uh, but everything else is like even bigger. So you're, it's a crazy, like it's just a zoo, circus, like atmosphere. You know, like, you know, in Mel- I said in Melbourne, every venue gets turned into a small comedy venue. Edinburgh is even worse because it becomes like closets become a comedy venue like you know if you own a, <laughs> yeah if you own a bar any place you can cordon off into a 30 seater 20 seater becomes like a comedy venue and people are just, you know and you're there for a month and and you literally you spend all day flyering trying to get people to come to your show and then you go watch other people's show then you perform your own show and then you might for an hour and then you go watch other people hour shows and then you might get booked to do 10 minutes on other shows so you do like maybe five spots and then you drink all night, and then you wake <laughs> up the next morning, and then you repeat. It's Groundhog Day for thirty days. You're just really? yeah, it's just crazy intense. You know, it was both the best and worst time of my life, like just doing that stuff. Yeah. And you have a show in Australia now, or that was a show. I had a sitcom, yeah, I had a sitcom there, but I got the sitcom only after I moved to America. Like when oh. I was there, me, me and my generation of comics. Is the show Australia, still going? No, no, no. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, me and and it was called Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie Chang, International Student. It's actually it's on Comedy Central as well. Comedy Central picked it up, and it's got. They're about to release it. I haven't even told anyone this yet. So there you go. Here's a here's an exclusive. Uh, we're gonna release it on YouTube. So the whole series is put on YouTube for for, for free. Just watch it, you know. Because bef- up to this point, it's been behind the paywall. Oh. On Comedy Central. So whatever that's worth, anyone cares. It's I, I have actually one episode on Australian sports. Uh, that there's, we, we incorporate Australian rules football into one of the episodes. So check that out if you guys are sports fans. Yeah, uh, awesome. If you want to know more about Australian rules football. And <laughs> it's told from the perspective of like an Asian guy and an American guy who have no idea what the hell's going on. <laughs> but it's told accurately, you know, about Australian rules football. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, we, like we, if we were in Australia, like um, I can't remember what I was saying before this. What was I talking about before the TV show? What was I talking in about? In terms of the, the festivals and stuff like yeah. that? Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, I can't remember. I don't think. I Sorry. think we kind of wrapped it up. I think. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're good there. Yeah, I, I, I just that's why I wanted to uh, move on to this. So yeah. then I heard the story, and if you could tell the story, um, the of getting crazy rich Asians. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, the, the, 
So you're. Oh yeah, I was sta- I was saying how my generation of comedians in Australia. So I'm in my I'm 34 right now. We started you know early 20s, mid mid to early 20s. All of us we didn't come up through TV. We just came up through live. Before, oh right. Festival, and we just every year we would build an audience, and the good ones hopefully would. The idea was every year you just double your audience. So every year you come with a new hour. Right. And then hopefully you double it. Oh you know? wow. Yeah. So that's how we how we did it for years. We just would write a new hour for better or for worse and then you you go out there and hopefully people can watch you. And so we had no TV, no social media. We just built it through live performing every year. Yeah. That's that's And you built this at about what time frame? What what years are we talking? So twenty twelve was when I did my first hour. I started doing comedy in two thousand nine. And then it took me three years to kind of you know learn enough to do a one hour, and then um, I I was very lucky that I was able to build it in with like by 2015 I got hired on a Daily Show, and when I left, so meaning I had three years of doing that stuff, and when I left for the Daily Show, I was able to kind of do like a thousand seater, you know, for like a month in Australia or like you know go around the country and have a decent touring. Like decent touring career, and the- Daily Show helps with that. They they have Daily Show. It helps for sure. Yeah, yeah, it helps for sure. But when I first joined the Daily Show, it was it was a bit of a pay cut. It was a pay cut. But I wanted to come here because I always wanted to move to America, and all my comedy heroes are from America, and you know, so I came here to um, for creative expression, really. Yeah. So that okay. So let's creative expression. Yeah. Explain that a little bit because in you've got don't you have that in Edinburgh and Melbourne? Yeah, but or, you don't, like I said, we didn't have TV, we didn't have oh, right, media. So. Like we were just doing live stuff. So if you want to do storytelling or be in movies and film, you got to come to America. Like that's so it's to to be a, have a more diverse career. Yeah, rather than career. just be. I don't this is why I say this, just, this is why I say I'll say it for you because you know it's not. Uh, it may not sound as nice coming from you, but uh, but like I came to I say this in my act as well that America is the MBA of of uh, entertainment. Mm-hmm. So you come here because you want to be in the MBA. You want to play with people. You want to be the do the best. You can be. You want to be the best that you can be, and you want to be up against people who are the best, or not up against, but collaborate with people who are the best at what they do. You know, you, people come to America right. to be. To, to 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 be in the NBA, like that's why people come here. So there's something very funny because I was I you've you've um you're so nice and sweet. Oh, thank you. And uh, <laughs> Toledo, have you seen some of his stand up and stuff? And I shouldn't say the stand up. Even I guess even the stand up, but I see on the Daily Show, uh, and you're very straight ahead. Sure, yeah. you're very straight <laughs> ahead and direct. Sure. And then when you're talking here. It's it's interesting to me because it, I see a very different type of person, and then in Crazy Rich Asians, uh-huh. which I'm laughing, which we already discovered yeah. that I hadn't seen before because it's not my type of movie. Yeah, because Asian. I only I only yeah. uh, watch white people. Yeah, yeah. No Italian movies. Yeah, Italian, yeah, no, Godfather. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you only watch the Godfather because it's real life for me. Yeah, yeah. But you play a, a real dick in that, sure, and, yeah. and it's so funny because that even happens to me where. You see somebody. Uh, I didn't expect you to be that person, but a lot, a lot of times, like I've I've met some people, and they're uh-huh. just the person they are. In the, there's no <laughs> acting. Yeah, there's zero acting sure, going sure. on. But on the Daily Show, you're very direct, sure. and it's funny. It's and here you you really set up things and and talk around them a lot, and sure. I get a very different sense. I I I would need to see more of your stand up, sure, which sure. I'm interested to see. Please how. I also love that you use plenty of seats at the improv. Yeah, if you want to come. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, absolutely. We'll we'll do some social media and stuff like that. But it's so funny because 
you say the word please to as almost go on. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I don't know if I know anybody else who does that either. Jesus, who are you hanging around, man? No I, one, I, you, it's no me by myself. Man. It's me. <laughs> well, no. no this, uh, Toledo, again, is please a normal or am I just out of it? No, no. It's, it's very, uh, it's very un, not unsettling, but it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's polite? actually comforting. Comforting, <laughs> comforting and polite because yeah. I, have, I have friends that watch The Daily Show and see Ronnie on The Daily uh-huh, Show. Uh-huh. And the way that he comes off on that show, they get mad because it's coming from <laughs> uh, an Asian person, somebody that's not that in their mind isn't American. And the way that yeah. he pr- frames his thing. Who are you hanging out with? I know, I know exactly. That's the thing. But the way that, they, they, that he frames things on The, on the Daily Show, I was expecting someone a little bit more abrasive. Sure. Yeah, total, abrasive is not. the word. Uh, sure. Yeah, and, and because of the movie... And it's that's an interesting thing uh, that people can be nice off stage. Jesus, no, Who are you but, they, but no, but it's interesting. A lot of I'm telling you, I've met people, yeah. big like big name people too, that you're like that person's not acting when they're on screen. Good. I mean, take okay, let's say some of somebody I never met, yeah. but Kevin Spacey. In House of Cards, <laughs> he's not playing anybody. I think that just is Kevin Spacey. <laughs> oh my god! But go back and look. Go back and look at everything that's happened with him in the last couple of years. Yeah, yo, and you see right. everything that happens on that show. You go, there's not a ton of. <laughs> it was, and is, it was a documentary. Yeah, one of the, House of Cards was a documentary. One of the people that I've loved as an actor and thought was amazing all Uh-oh. all these years. I go, gosh, I don't know how much he's actually horrible bosses. I don't think he's acting that much. Ooh. He just Kevin Spacey's oh, that guy. Oh, uh, still can't take him. Yeah, you watch somebody play a, yeah. play a character in a sitcom a lot yeah, of the yeah, time, yeah. and then you see him play in another sitcom. They're just yeah, playing yeah. the same person in yeah, another sure. sitcom. <laughs> I don't even think I don't think you've even tipped. People don't even know what range you're going to have. So I'm a great actor. I think you are. Oh, awesome. I, I think you're fantastic. Thank you actor. so much. That's, also, I think that's also camaraderie with comedians, man. I'm telling you, the only reason I came on this podcast because if it's a comic, like a comic you respect, it's like. You know what I mean? That's camaraderie. Yeah, and, that, there, that. and there's a lot of uh, one thing, and another guy that I work with a lot, John Holmberg, who's on the yeah. other podcast. Yeah. When when somebody comes in and speaks honestly, yeah, it changes everything. If you can go back and forth, and when we were talking in the car on the way over, you're yeah. like, I don't know if you want to bring this up yeah, about yeah. Fox. Did they fire you? Yeah, yeah. Did they? I'm like, yeah, they got rid of me. It's just there's a reality. Okay, we're just that. going public with this now. Okay. Oh yeah, no, I have I have before. No, it's ha- it happens okay. all the time. I yeah. mean, it's you listen to the people like Jimmy Kimmel talk about getting fired over and over and oh, over yeah, on yeah, radio yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Things have life, you know. But I think that was nine years. That was like eight or nine years ago. Sure, I was sure. on the NFL and Fox, and then sure. I was on ESPN for four or five years, yeah, and they yeah. got rid. No, <laughs> but it's it's, well, uh, it's well, well, comics. So when I ask, I hope it's like you get why I'm asking. I'm not asking because it's like, hey man, you got fired. What a fucking idiot. It's more like we're, we're asking because we know the business, and so we're going like, oh, what was the what what happened? There? Is it right? Is it, is it what I thought it was? Is yeah. What happened? Well, you would you'd figured out everything that was you know my level of. Uh, attachment to it the sure. creative where yeah, i was yeah. creatively in it and you know you you'd had a lot of that figured out and it was like because we get affirmation it. for you you're like we're yeah, both in the yeah, same you were because yeah. i was bored with it i wasn't giving it a hundred percent anymore yeah, yeah, there yeah. was a reason that i shouldn't have been doing it anymore yeah, yeah. it was the right time to even leave but i just kept going back for money yeah, which yeah. was a negative on my career too personally it's like you keep sometimes you just keep taking the money sure and you're go, you're actually hurting yourself because you're not doing your best work yeah, and so I'm just laughing because as we we say that as well on your resort compound, your four- well, that's some vague, there's <laughs> some Vegas money. No, but like um uh yeah, it's weird because you do comedy, and in order to do stand up comedy well, um 
I feel like you have to not care about the money. That's how you get into it in the first place, right? You have to like. I don't know. I was making money right away. That's part oh, of the, that's okay. part of the thing. I was just in a different. I was in the NBA of, <laughs> of comedy. I was okay, in the well, United then. States. There was nobody doing impressions when I started doing impressions. Yeah, sure. So sure. there was no there was no um, okay. YouTube. Okay. So people didn't see all these people doing impressions. Mad TV had trouble finding people. Who did impressions? Now remember, I started. That's why you know Bobby Lee. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I know one of my Asian yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, the one uh, Asian. Who... Bobby was. By the way, Bobby, who's become a pretty good actor, was the worst actor. Oh, was he? Oh, he was terrible. I don't know if he talks about this, and if he does, I, he's got a huge podcast that I hope to be on someday. <laughs> I hope I'm not ruining it. Uh, he's, he's always been super nice to me. Tiger Belly. Yeah. Is that what it is? Ti- yeah, yeah. Dragon. Yeah, okay, sure. Let's go. <laughs> that, sure, was, that was that was the look of, yeah. oh, you just became the guy. <laughs> no, you got it right the first time. Yeah, I know, and I shouldn't. <laughs> I know, because I, I, I was going to say the wrong thing first on accident, and you're and, right, I 100% should have not. <laughs> and thank you for fixing it, because you're right. Uh, I was, belly. No, it was... But, oh, no, I feel like I've been called no, on no, it. For, no, no, for the right reason. No, for the no. right reason. No, man, we got... But, but uh, Bobby Lee's the best, uh, you know... But they used to they used to write things for him, and he couldn't do the... He was a terrible reader. I don't know if he's wow. dyslexic or what, but he was just a terrible reader, and in okay. the... But he was incredibly funny once he got on camera. Sure, sure. So he'd be on camera, they'd cut all his lines, he'd just have a look or one word, and he would kill. Yeah, yeah, Bobby. But then he would also, it would also be this weird thing where he'd do these great things on TV, uh-huh. and then they had to shut down the Mad TV website because people would just write in terrible things, racist things. Oh, Like, it was just, damn. like, people said, oh, yeah. Because, remember, if you're doing Mad TV, you're just making fun of everybody, yeah. and everybody makes fun of you back. And I always said to the Mad TV people, you have to have a, a, an element of humility yeah. because if you don't and you can't make fun of yourself, it, you okay. it, then everybody has license to come. Everybody's That's a troll fair. then. That's fair. If you don't, if you don't have some type of self-deprecating humor That's in fair. there and make fun of yourself somewhat, somewhat, then everybody does the same thing to you and they rip you to shreds okay. and have no problem with it. Sure, sure. It's a bit, yeah. If you're gonna put something on that platform, uh, sure. And and yeah, if you can dish it out, you should be able to take it. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And some of the comedians yeah. I've seen that can't take it, yeah. but they're the ones that I think st- struggle in the end because people, people don't see you for being a human. Sure, sure. Um, so we're gonna have to wrap it up here in a little oh, bit. Please. I could, I could do this for. Oh, please, yeah. please. Um, <laughs> um. Am I supposed to th- say thank you? <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Everything you're supposed say, to, but yeah, I don't know where you're all from. How <laughs> yeah, you were raised. No, so I can just say fuck you. After, after that, every time I say please, just say fuck. So, <laughs> that's that's how we do it so, in middle um, America. So, <laughs> so the crazy rich Asians, I know you probably told it a million story, uh, many no, times, but it's a, thank you. Yeah. It's a wonderful little story. And hearing how much... Um, and seeing how much of a human being you are in yeah. this and how great of an actor you are to play these different roles that are so uh, against type for you, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah. This little story is fun about how you got – because you oh, were yeah. in Melbourne, Guys, in it's Australia. Not, it's not that against type, to be honest. I'm a huge dick. <laughs> I'm just being nice right now. Oh, okay. Um, so, right. so uh, yeah, uh, I, I was in, in Australia and I saw them um, – I, I, the book came on my radar – Okay, so I moved to America at this point. I was on The Daily Show in 2015. The the book Crazy Rich Asians was popping off my radar because it was kind of blowing up in America. And it's very rare for an Asian story to blow up in America, much less a Singaporean story. So specific. The book is about Singapore. In fact, in the book, there's all these Singapore slang words that they need footnotes to explain. That's how... That's how authentically Singapore... So, and I knew that because I did read the book. Right. The movie was not right. for me. Right. But, um, and so 
for something so Singaporean to be uh, well accepted in America, it, it really popped up on my radar. And, you know, it was a fun book. And then I heard they were making it into a movie. And then I was just like, uh, you know, at this point, I'm like, there's no, I had no, asp- not that I had no aspirations, no, like, idea that I could even be part of something like that. You know, Hollywood right. is so beyond me. Like, we just, you know, we just moved to America and it was... I was you're in the D League. You, yeah, you're not even D- there. You're playing I'm high school D- basketball. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm playing some rec league. Pick up. <laughs> yeah. Pick, pick up, up basketball. Yeah, and so um, uh, then the NBA is looking for like, an Asian dude and like, whatever. <laughs> so uh, I didn't think much about it. And then I saw, I read an article, months, months passed by. And then uh, I was in Australia filming my sitcom and I read this article... Uh, in the trades variety or whatever, where they say that the director John Chu was having trouble casting the movie because he was looking for authentic accents. And so when I read that article, I was like, oh, damn, you know, they're still casting. They're looking for what I have. This is literally, I call my agent up and I'm like, yo, this is the most Hollywood shit I'm ever going to do. I will never pull this card, I promise. But if you get me an audition for this, I will book it. Because this is the only role I know these characters. I can. This is the only accent I can do. By the way, I can't even do. I can't do impersonations, impressions. This is it. So if you're ever gonna make money from me, this is gonna be a time. And and so he was like, he made some calls. He did his Hollywood thing, and then he got me an audition in uh, Australia at a casting office, right? And so I cast. You tape there? Yeah, I taped. Put it there, on but, tape, but it was with a casting director. Okay. And then um, I put it on tape. Uh, I I prep for it. I I probably prep for it the most I ever prep for anything. You know, off book everything, just in the zone. Character got the accents right, and then um, I sent it in. And then a couple of weeks later, they're like, "Yeah, we want you for this role." I was super psyched, obviously. And you know, I at that point we didn't know what the movie was going to be. We didn't know it was you know. I all I knew was that it was a Singaporean story that they were trying to tell in America, and right. I was like, "I I want to be part of this because I know this. I know this world," and then. The movie uh, we shoot the movie in on location in Singapore and Malaysia, and the first time I met the director was actually on set. That's oh. the only time I met him. I didn't meet him before him because oh. I'm not like a huge role in it. So I meet him on set, and then he tell I say he asked me like, "Hey man, why don't you do more movies?" And mm. I'm like, "I didn't know that was up to me." <laughs> like I'm trying. To. It usually isn't. Yeah, I know. And so I said, the directors have a way of doing that. They're yeah. like, oh, you should have been in this and this and yeah, this. And yeah. You're like, wait, you have the you have the keys <laughs> to that car. Yeah, I've had people do that to me, like yeah. done little guest parts, and they're like, why weren't you in this movie with me? I'm like, well, don't you choose those people yourself? Yeah, and then and so he does that, and then I say thank. I mean, thank you for even having me on this one, you know, much less trying to me trying to get on any movie. And then he goes like, oh, yeah, we always wanted you for this role. And I was like, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, we had you in the pitch deck for the movie. Because from the Jesse Waters thing, he, he, I was on his radar. And, I, and he considered me perfect for the role because, right. you know, the, the Daily Show, the way I am on the Daily Show is exactly what this character needed. He's an obnoxious, you know, like self-important, arrogant, rich Asian dude. So, well, see, so you do see that you're different on the daily <laughs> show than you are. Yeah, here. yeah. And so um, I think it was a little bit of both. <laughs> they, they, so, so basically, how do you get onto stuff? It's a little bit of both. It's like you need the people to want you and the agents. Sure. Yeah, it's a bit of it There's luck like, involved. There's, there's all the luck. A there's, look. Yeah. There's look. There's an age. I didn't get one look for crazy <laughs> Not even close. You should have showed them a ping pong table. Yeah, right. they would have, you should have just been putting up there and hitting it like. I think I'd up. have been kicked out. I think, <laughs> I think that's how you get. Yeah. That's how you get. Uh, remember the dragon line earlier? 
You say that it's yeah, okay. Yeah, I yeah. say it. There's a look yeah. of oh no. There's a look of Aaron, why no. aren't you in more movies? <laughs> <laughs> you should be. In All right. Well, this is this has been great. I could talk to you. I I mean, well, I was because we're comics and we get it. Also, I know. I want to know who the fuck this. What his friends are who say that. I'm I'm a <laughs> I'm pissing them off on a daily show. <laughs> right. Give me the names. I'm gonna. Uh, no. I'm gonna shame them on. Twitter. You know, I think you could. I, I mean, they're uh, just you're abrasive. Yeah, on there. Sure. You're very. It's not. And but that's the that's uh, what that position it's supposed, is supposed to be. To be for. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. That's I mean, there are there are there are very funny. People have said this about people like Jay Moore. Yeah. Jay Moore is a kind of guy that he instigates. Sure. When he instigates, that's when he's funny. Yeah. <laughs> when he's presenting, I don't think he's as funny as yeah. when he instigates yeah, and yeah. eggs somebody on. Yeah, yeah. And when you present the way you do yeah, yeah. with that the, the character in the way you're doing that character, sure. which I didn't know was a character until I met you more. Well, I mean. You know, I thought you were gonna get in the car and be like, "You're stupid." <laughs> That's a little bit of truth in all our comedy, yeah, right? Sure, there's, yeah, sure. There, <laughs> and they, you can get to be a piece of yourself that sure, you yeah. might not show all the time. Sure, sure one. It's like Jeff Dunham with his puppets. Yeah. <laughs> puppets have some pieces of him, and the impressions I do have some pieces sure. of me. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right, where can people find you? Um, uh, RyanChang.com uh, or um, yeah, that's about it. RyanChang.com. I'm on Twitter, Instagram at RyanChang. R O N N Y C H I E N G for both of those things. And uh, I'm at the Tempe Improv. I don't know when this is coming out. This will come out later, but we're going to do some tweets and stuff uh, like cool, that beforehand. Yeah, cool. so. yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Man. Yeah, absolutely. You're fantastic. Yeah, thanks, man. You're the best. And for a dick, you're a really nice guy. Thanks, I'm trying, trying my best.